Well, welcome to Intuition, Your First Sense. This is Vicki. And this week, we are going to <laughs> cover a subject that I absolutely love. You know, it is my podcast. But I also use a lot in my coaching with my fabulous clients um, because all of us require a little bit of organization in our lives. Don't groan. Don't spin away from the topic that quickly. I promise you, like everything else I address, um, this isn't about lectures or how you should do something because nobody ought to should on themselves. It's about honoring and respecting how energy works and recognizing that as a human, there's a certain level of stuff that comes with that. And for some people, it's more stuff than for other people. And I wanted to cover this because I'm seeing it a lot in people right now, the desire to minimize, to clear things out, whether that's in their schedule or in their surroundings. I also am uh, with my partner, uh, we're in that house buying process and walking around other people's homes when I thought I had a lot of stuff. Now, granted, I sold my house in 2018, so I really pared down and moved into a condo. And then when I moved in with uh, Mike a couple months ago, well, actually eight months ago, I pared down even more. I happen to be someone who's not attached to things. I have often said to my friends, do not get offended if I get rid of something that you gave me. Um, I just don't have that attachment thing. Of course, I have sentimentality and I have things I love, but I didn't get that whole items bring me value. They bring me ease. They bring me some temporary joy. But thankfully, I maybe it's being the number seven kid of eight, like nothing was ever mine new. <laughs> So I just didn't get that. But what I see a lot in people and what I talk to from everyone who, you know, is just starting a business or who are externally showing a massive level of success, but their internal life is a little bit messed up. And then their physical surroundings show that, right? When you're cluttered in your brain and in your heart and your spirit, your surroundings will be cluttered. They will be um, just full of other energies because a lot of the times we try to fill the space, much like if you emotionally eat, right? You're trying to fill a void that's in there somewhere. So as we go into the spring here in the Northeast, I thought, well, this is a great time to bring the areas that I've been able to help people and the success stories that have come about because coaching is an hour, with me it's an hour every other week because come on, who can do anything in a week without stressing themselves out? So I typically meet with people every other week when they're in a coaching practice because I want them to feel some space. I'm available during it, but I want them to feel some space and not pressurize to get the stuff done just because we're meeting. I want everyone to feel the joy of completion. So I have a couple success stories here to share with you as well. 
and to bring an ease to this process of organization or setting things energetically right um, and recognizing that because everything has energy, it's going to take up space in your life. And there are just a couple suggestions that I've learned over the years, work with people, um, you know, no matter what their level of comfort with stuff is, we all have a different tolerance for stuff in our environment. Um, right now, as I look at my desk, I think, whoa, this needs to be cleaned up when I'm complete because there's a bag of electronic stuff that's usually in my travel bag right next to me because I needed an adapter out of it. Um, there's some files on the floor because they didn't quite make it into the filing cabinet just yet. And then there's the coffee cup that, well, there's still a couple sips left in that. I might finish that first. And so there's stuff around, right? And that happens as if we're blessed enough to have things in our lives. It it can become cluttered and we wonder how the heck did that even happen? And often when I'm working with someone, I will ask them about the energy of the things in their surroundings. Like, are you keeping something because your mother who has croaked said, never give this away? I mean, that's a guilt thing. Or does it light you up? Does it make your heart sing? Do you find a joy within yourself when you look at the item or hold the item or have memories towards the item? If not, I firmly believe that it can leave your space. Take a picture of it. You don't need to keep every little thing. I have um, a personal rule, one in, two out. So if I'm bringing something into my world two things have to go. Now, recently I bought a sweatshirt. Oh my goodness, it's so comfortable at a local thrift shop. So as I'm purchasing this thing, I am already thinking, okay, what two things need to leave my environment? It can be two books that I've already read, but you know, I think I'm going to reread again. I have only reread one book in my life. The The likelihood that I'm going to reread that is small. So it could be two books. It could be a couple blankets I don't need any longer. Um, it could be technology that is kind of obsolete, but somebody else could use it. But am I keeping it because somebody else could use it, but I know nobody else wants to use it. It got donated. So the one in two out allows you to stay ahead of the clutter leads to hoarding kind of thing. Um, I admittedly do not follow this when it comes to plants, um, but I figure eh, they give oxygen and they clear space. And so far we aren't inundated. We'll see what happens in the future. But the having that practice already in mind has served me over the years when I've gone to purchase something that was more of an emotional purchase and not really serving a purpose. And then I'll put it back. Like there was a cup at same <laughs> thrift shop that says mama needs her coffee. Well, if you've listened to even a couple of these episodes, you know, I love my coffee. I have one and sometimes two cups in the second cup will be decaf, thankfully. Um, but I love the taste of coffee. So, um, and I picked it up to take it because I'm like, oh yeah, mama doesn't need her coffee. And I'm like, but you don't need this mug. It's funny. 
it it definitely aligns with your belief systems. But you don't need that mug because I already have plenty that I love. Um, and quite frankly, at this point, there's some in storage that I can't, that I'm not accessing at, while I'm in transition. So I, not only do I have the three I brought with me, I have all those. So it's that kind of check and balance. I don't need to have purchase re- remorse afterwards. I don't have to have the conversation of, oh, come on, it's only a dollar. Well, that dollar, it might only be a dollar, but that's a dollar that's not in my life for vacation money. Or that's a dollar that afterwards when I'm washing the cup thinking, eh, I don't, <laughs> didn't really need this. And now I have to find two things to release. So something has to have a value for me because I'm going to be releasing two other things out of my life in order to make space for this. And this is because I have found myself to become inert when there's too much stuff around me. If there's too much clutter or like the files that are on the floor, now that I'm aware of them, if I don't put them away, That will take up some energy, not only in my field, but in my brain. And I like to think of it as having plenty of storage for anything I might learn within my brain. And then that becomes a value concept, right? So is this valuable enough for me to have? And the exception, you know, obviously being if you're buying food for the house, but I still um, I still apply this premise and that goes to, am I ordering out when I have something that I could just make in the house? So all of these things have come about over the years of practice, but mostly because I wanted to, I want to live a life that has less in it. And I've also been the person who has helped, had to help clean out homes most especially after my husband passed, of the stuff and going through the grief process as well as cleaning up stuff, oh man, that, it it just exemplifies it. And the part about being organized or being with less clutter is also respecting and honoring, well, if I got hit by a bus today, Who's going to have to clean this up and will they know what to do with it? So I figure the stuff that I have that's relative to my life, and I love gadgets, so don't think I'm over here living a minimalist life. I'm not, but I'm living an aware, conscious life. And when I describe it this way to some clients who maybe thought I was going to say, you have to get rid of 25% or you have to do this, it helps them to relax because I'm not in charge of what you want in your life or what brings you joy. Um, But I do have some proven skill sets that help um, people to bring about the joy in their life. Like that, I feel like that's part of the big job I have is helping people line up with what is the joy in their life. And the thing that goes most under our radar is the stuff around. And then we become um beholden to our our environment like i have a friend right now who 
what used to live in all these efficiency apartments and mostly because she lived in cities. So that didn't allow for a lot of stuff. And then she moved and she bought this beautiful house and promptly filled it up. And now she's feeling the pressure and the overwhelmment of having to deal with all this stuff. And it's not bringing joy to her life. So as we work through the process of non-judgment on my part and simply how can I help releasing the items and thinking about how other people are going to get joy from those items is what motivates her and inspires her. So that's what we're using. And I used to work, I used to volunteer, I shouldn't say work. I used to volunteer with those that had um, hoarding issues, true hoarding issues. And I loved it because one, I was not there as the organizer. I was there as the mover of energy. And I would go in and the first thing that we would do, and I would recommend this for you too, if you're feeling overwhelmed or just don't know where to start in the process, because a lot of the times it's that getting started. It's like moving a car. Once it gets going, it takes less energy is too smudge. So I would go in and I would clear with the sage, open the windows. You don't worry about doing it any fancy way. You don't need to buy a feather or you do want something to catch the embers if they fall, but don't worry about doing it wrong. You really can't do it wrong as long as you're opening windows or having exhaust fans on. So I would go through, clear out the space and with the energy and have them walk with me because as we were walking through, I could intuitively feel into what was the item that was blocking this whole train of releasing. Because usually the the ones that I would get called in on were the ones that knew that they had this, this issue and this difficulty, but they didn't know how to get started. So it was a little bit easier than working with someone, you know, if it was a true case of depression and I'm not a therapist. So I would get called in by the therapist or the social worker or something to walk through. And when I was walking through, I would intuitively feel, okay, what is the item? And it's not the item. It's never the item. It's the emotion or the experience that happened that's connected to the item. And one of my favorite ones, because it just made me go all ooey gooey inside was a woman who had uh, three microwaves stacked on top of each other. And when we walked through, I felt like it was the first one, right? The one that went by the wayside the first time, it just didn't work and it didn't get to leave. It stayed there. And sometimes with appliances, I do find that to be a challenge of where do you take them? How do you get rid of them? But as I'm feeling it, I even remember thinking to myself, (laughs) what? It's the microwave. Why is it the microwave? And then I'm like, oh, it's not the microwave. Something traumatic had happened in her life at the same time that that microwave burnt out. So she burnt out and the microwave burnt out. And then I still don't necessarily bring that up, but I will then focus on that one item asking, how can we take this out? How can we remove this from the house? Is it okay? And we would go through this process. And once she said it was okay, it goes in my car and it got locked with the beep beep. And she wasn't getting it back out again. And once we did that and you let the energy, you know, maybe have a cup of tea or you walk around outside and let the emotions come up. And then I would work with her on, okay, honey, what's really going on in there? And then 
usually it's like a plug being released from bathtub stuff starts to flow. And then she's like, let this go, let this go, let this go. And we had, you know, ebbs and flows. It didn't continue in a continuous, everything goes way. It didn't because there's, it can be a fear about releasing things. So once you realize that these things have energy and they could be taking up some of the joy in your life, it gets a little bit easier to release them. So by clearing, by smudging, you actually are removing the collected debris of pain, of any illness, of sadness, or the energetic level of the trauma, not the emotional, but it does help shift it, right? And then as you go through the process of doing that, you can give yourself permission to move on your timeline. One of the things that I feel like has been reflected back to me as a coach, and many people have said, why are you so patient? How are you so patient with me? And I'm like, because yelling at someone never gets the job done unless they're going to jump in front of a car and they don't see it coming, but it doesn't get the job done. So understanding that after you clear You don't have to do it all and nor does doing it all ever work because you get tired, you get emotional, you get exhausted and your brain shuts down. So acknowledge that most of us were not taught to organize well and most of us don't even have a good cleaning process. So you're not doing something wrong. It's just maybe there's a new learning that could happen. And you start with the small steps. You start with something that can be accomplished in five minutes. Um, There's a great app called the Pomodoro Method. It's a tomato, I learned. Um, Pomodoro, that is not the app. And you can set the timer and built-in breaks. So for instance, you could set a 15-minute and then there's a built-in five-minute break or however long you determine. By doing this, what you give your brain is permission to be done with the process. Like It's, it's no longer thinking, I don't know if you this happened to you, but when my mother got fed up with us, she would take everything and pour it in the middle of the room, empty all our dresser drawers, make a great big pile, and we had to take care of it and we weren't allowed to go out and play. We couldn't do anything until that was done. And she always picked the stinking nice days. We'd come home from school and there it would be. And I understand from a parent perspective Um, she probably asked us 400 times before that to clean it up. But I remember thinking with my own daughter, like, I don't think I ever learned how to clean. I was told to clean, but I don't think I ever learned how. So with, you know, Kayla, I would explain, or the boys, I would sit in their room and that if you talk to her, she'll tell you that you so annoy the hell out of her too. But there was a process to learning how to do this that, is much more effective than yelling. And, you know, quite frankly, you're adults. Another adult should not yell at you to get something done. Um, So take the small steps. Acknowledge that you may not want to do this. You may not like to do it, but you know what? We are given the gift. And if you have a body that's able to move and even sort papers, you I think you owe it to your body and your soul and your spirit to be able to say, to be able to do that to take the time to do it. Like 
knock it off. I understand processing problems and I understand that it's not all of our fortes. What I don't understand is abandoning it with the exception of depression and stuff like that. I don't understand why you would want to make life harder on yourself. So the small steps, acknowledge where you are, pick the one thing that matters to you. Um, for me, it used to be, interestingly, it changes with each home that I've lived in. What was most important, like what had to be done first um, in the home where um, I spent most of my time as an adult, the house that we we bought, I could not do anything in the rest of the place unless the dishes were done and the kitchen was clean. And then I would clean the kitchen. Then I'd go upstairs and kind of work my way down, pushing the energy out the back door. So in this home that I share with Mike, my office has to be clean and then I'll branch out into the rest of the areas. So the everyday pickup, um, I can't stand dusting. So that does not get done on a regular. It doesn't. But pick the thing that matters to you that might matter to somebody else. It doesn't matter to me. I Listen, I have a bunny. There aren't just dust bunnies in this room. There are kangaroos that live in this room. It just doesn't bother me. I used to think it was funny when the kids wrote their names and things on the uh, furniture and stuff. So pick the thing that matters to you and do that. So small steps, micro movements matter, remember, our three M's. And then going to the place of like with like. Get all of the things that like with like. I don't know about you, but I can walk from one room to another and get distracted by what's in that room and what needs to be done and completely forget what I was doing in the other room. I used to do this. When I decided to follow the process of like with like, it kept my head in on one focused area. So even though something wandered, like my coffee cup, right? It has to go back downstairs to be washed. Like with like, I will take that downstairs and take care of it. And then that is completed. So if I'm, you know, taking a sweatshirt that needs to go upstairs, micro movements, I take it right to the place where it needs to be folded and put away. It does not get dropped somewhere else along the way. And I don't do anything else until I've done that. So what you're doing there is you're programming your brain to not only complete things, but to feel joyful about that completion of things. Yes, I still walk into a room and go, what the heck was I (laughs) coming in here for? But if there's a task-oriented thing, it it gets completed there. Because we don't multitask. We think we do, but our brain just does one thing at a time. So if you can start with the small, small, small things, putting things, everything has a place. Everything goes to where it belongs. And sometimes that means deciding what that is. And you could start with pencils. Like do not pick a massive overhaul of a garage or something. Start with pencils. Start with paper clips. Um, start with all of your books in one area. Um, and, and just embrace the process too, so that you are celebrating and congratulating yourself for a job well done. Okay. So clear it out, smudge it, decide what your small steps are, set a timer 
so that you know that you're done after 15 minutes, you can always re-up the timer. There have been some tasks where I hit that re-up. It's kind of like hitting the snooze button, except the opposite, you get more done. Um, because I'm like, oh, I'm going for that dopamine hit. I want to feel proud of myself for this. And then the like with like, because honestly, it just saves you time moving forward if you always know where something is. Um, and then the area around you will feel more um, secure and loving and like a little hug. So this, again, this is not about removing everything and living in a sterile box. You figure out what the level of stuff around you that feels comfortable for yourself. Okay. Did you know that most people work with me as a coach because they want to move forward in their professional lives? And then they realize once we start working together, that is a whole person approach and I am going to help them move through their blocks, their fears, some of the trauma they've experienced and to create a much more aligned life. So many times I hear, this is not what I thought I was signing up for. And that's such wonderful feedback to have because if you're signing up and working with a coach and everybody does it the same, are you really being seen as an individual? At Vicki Baird Coaching, I do it all as an individual and I would love to work with you. Go to VickiBaird.com to check it out and see if you'd like to work with me. And much the same as in the organization, you decide what works best for you. I don't know if you've heard <laughs> the idea that if you truly want to be successful, get up at 3 a.m., do all your work for in the four hours before, and then you have the rest of the time to yourself. Yeah, okay. I'm not getting up at 3 a.m. It's not happening. I like my sleep. I will roll out at 7, 7.30, depending on what time I went to bed the night before and what time my first appointment is. And that's what works for me. So figure out for yourself what works for you. Where are you the most effective, efficient? Get to know yourself. Follow yourself around. You know, maybe you're someone who comes alive at three in the afternoon. So that's when your pickup for the day could happen if you happen to be home. Um, and if something seems too easy to do, it probably is, all right? Somebody's giving you what worked for them, maybe not necessarily works for you. You know, kind of like all the advice in this podcast. This stuff works for me and it's worked for a lot of my clients. It may not work for you. And that's beauty. As long as you learn who you are and how you best operate, well, that's the success right there. So start paying attention to when you have the most energy. And maybe you work outside the home and you won't be able to take advantage of that, you know, the days that you're working, but on your days off, you can be like, I know that I am most effective from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's what I'm going to do. And I'll schedule my time with other people after that. That's when we can go to brunch or, you know, go take a class. So figuring out what the um, task is and, and what's important to you often includes making a list. And I am a big fan of the pen and paper method because it's grounding and it allows us to, yes, it's going to put something in your environment, 
but it also allows you to check it off. (laughs) And I like using a highlighter because thank you very much. I want to see what I accomplished. And crossing it out, I can't always remember what I accomplished. And on this list, you're going to brain dump, literally write everything down. Now, because I open own a business and have a home, I tend to make my list divide it into two, like those old stenography notebooks. I tend to do it that way because I might not be able to get to the personal stuff just yet because I have some business that has to be attended to. And I'll do the personal stuff maybe later on in the evening, but I still need to brain dump it. I need to defrag my head and get that down on the paper because once it's down on the paper, the energy of the universe actually starts to conspire in your best interest. And it might be that if you live with someone, they you know, took the trash out to the curb and you're like, oh, that was on my list. And they're like, oh, really? Okay, well, I just took it out. Or someone calls you and lets you know or emails you that they completed a task that you had on your list to follow up. And you're like, sweet, because it's a way to get the energy and the universal forces to conspire to your best interest, right? So make a list. This list can be ongoing. We are eternal. We're never going to get it all done, which means you can relax a little bit about what has to be done or what you would like to have done. So if you have that list, it moves to tomorrow. It moves to next week. The exception being if there is, in fact, a, a date that something's due, you shouldn't really put that off. You should follow up on that. So if you have everything on that list, you don't have to go in order. You can pick what resonates for you on that list or even lump them together of, well, that makes the most sense that I should clean the gutters and mow the lawn because it's a beautiful day. I'll be outside. I'll just go ahead and do that. Um, And keeping in mind that you might want to time record these things just briefly, right? Or just, what do I want to say? Don't be picky uni about it. Just write next to it. That took me half an hour. That took me an hour and a half because time warp and all of that, that happens in our day-to-day life. Sometimes I will think something will take 10 minutes when it's actually a 45 minute project. And then if I don't have a little indication next to it of how long that took later on, I'm like, what the heck did I do today? By having those things, you start to respect your time, honor it, but also know how you can best plan for moving forward. So if you have this list thing going, it takes the pressure off because I really believe that that stuff's already in your head anyway, and you're processing it, processing it, processing it, and you're using more energy than it would actually take to do it. Like if you've ever done that, I should really go get that laundry out of the dryer. I should really go get that laundry out of the dryer. I ought to go get that laundry out of the dryer. By the time you thought it three times, you could have had the laundry out, folded, and put away. So it's giving yourself permission to understand where your time is going without judging it. Just understanding. We're just doing a little bit of time study here. And along the same idea, well, quite literally, I'm a fan of having an idea notebook. So many people I work with, entrepreneurs, creative, uh, brilliant minds, have all these downloaded ideas or ideas of what they would like to do, and 
it again floats around in the headspace and doesn't have anywhere to go. So if you have a dedicated notebook, that's your idea notebook, write it all down as they come out and as they come up. Now, if you're out and about and you don't have the notebook with you, put a note in your phone, text yourself, email yourself, voice memo, something so that you can put it in later. But what you're doing is you're looking for that calm, clear head that can't always be found through meditation. Meditation can help, but we are human. We are physical. We do need to do things. So having a practicality about that and and having this idea notebook or manifesting notebook, you call it whatever you want. Um, But having that allows for the things to go down. And I have this, I have this in the back of a planner that I use. And sometimes I will look back on it and be, that is the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever thought of. And I'll laugh as I'm crossing it off the list because at the moment it sounded good, right? It it just sounded good. Um, But it wasn't (laughs) it's not going to come to fruition, right? And that's okay. I cleared it out of my head. And then when I went back and looked through the notebook, I had some humor around it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's not happening. Um, And, but I didn't bounce it around in my head for another month, hoping I, you know, not forget it. But the other thing that's helpful here is you might, as you write it down and you go on with your life, when you come back to it, there could be a growth of knowledge because you maybe you forgot you wrote it down, but you felt drawn to a book that you read and you're like, oh, I know how to do that now. So it's a way to ground spirit messages and messages from your guide and your soul self without having to jump on it right away because maybe there's not the space to do that. So you get it written down it helps you lighten up. And when you're when you're lighter, the energy is lighter, life flows a little bit easier. So the other thing that I suggest, especially if you own a business and you're able to do this, is block scheduling. So often, even in whatever your work, whatever your income producing is in your personal life, especially since more people are working from home, it's easy to get distracted by what needs to be done, just flip the laundry over. That's both a benefit and a detriment. So I suggest block scheduling and anywhere from an hour to three hours, make sure you're getting up and moving after 50 minutes so that you don't become stagnant and your your body doesn't get so sore, but block scheduling. So for instance, when I'm recording this, I have a block schedule of podcast record time and I will record the month's podcast back to back. So no, I haven't had a cold for a month. It's just that I'm recording (laughs) all of the episodes at this time so that they can then go to become content and uploaded and all the different steps that that goes through with my team. But by block booking, I'm also not saying to myself, a hundred times during the week. Oh, I got to get some, I got to put some uh, episodes in the can. Oh my goodness. I got to put some episodes. in. Oh, don't forget to do that. It's on my schedule. It shows up on the day. I know not to book anything else around that because I need to be standing here at my desk recording these so I can get the content to you. And the other block scheduling might be um, on Mondays. I don't see clients. So 
I will be working on all of the other stuff that needs to happen. So a block schedule, like a one hour block for my financial stuff, because it doesn't take that long to do QuickBooks and another block for uh, meetings with my team. And so the more that you do that and you make them on a recurring schedule, your brain comes to expect it. There's also some great ideas that pop in and can go in the idea notebook, see how all this is connected. And you'll be more prepared for that, but you'll also feel a relief that it's there. I am a huge fan of block scheduling self-care or um, reading time or especially workout time. I think that's really important because if it makes it to the schedule, very often we'll actually follow through with it. So if you're someone who has a difficult time in giving yourself that space and making and creating and taking that space for rejuvenation, you might have to put it on your calendar first and then it's a no-go. Like you, I know that on Thursdays when it's my workout time with, with Justin, barring anything like this not feeling well thing, um, it doesn't get moved and nothing else gets put in there because that's my commitment to myself so that I can do all the other things. And yeah, it's a condition of our times and it's frustrating sometimes to have to do that ahead of time. But if you front load this again, it brings more ease to your life rather than constantly following yourself around or maybe berating yourself because you didn't get to it. And then having said that, what is the reward for this? How are you rewarding yourself for uh, a completed task? I believe in the happy dance. I believe that we must high five ourselves and that we must look ourselves in the mirror and say, good job. Very good job. Thank you. That feels so nice to have that completed. So the reward could be the the reading or it could be the simple fact of knowing that it's completed. Because if there's not an intention that we're striving for, feeling good, um, feeling uh, proud of ourselves or you know, just getting your stuff to the accountant so they can do their work. If I don't get these recorded, you know, Neil doesn't have the content to edit. Michelle doesn't have the um, knowledge that it's coming up and she's got to post it and organize me all around that. And Praise doesn't know that he has to create the uh, the, the content, the social media content and all that for it. So oftentimes when I did this all by myself, there wasn't that um, impetus to have it done organized. But now that I know these other three lovely people are depending on me to get my stuff done so that they're not feeling rushed right up to the moment of posting, I, it helps me to show up in a better form. So that's my reward. My reward is knowing that we've got the content flowing and that it's done. And then I can go maybe focus on the app or focus on more courses that I want to create and get on the app. So that's how my um, system works. I 
am someone who thrives on a feeling of completion and on organization and on not feeling stressed because I lived so many years in that place. So what's your reward? And accountability is part of this. So one of the success stories, probably the quickest turnaround I have ever seen, shout out Lindsay. We had a session and some of this was about this whole thing, organizing the multi areas of her life that were pulling her, but quite literally organizing her office and her creative space. And as we were doing it, I, as we were doing the session, I had some of these practical steps, but I also had the intuitive feeling of, okay, that needs to shift there. Here's the focus for this. And then we set, you know, I asked her, I said, what, at what percentage do you feel like you're at? And she said 60. I'm like, cool. Okay. No problem here. Then let's go to 75. Well, I believe it was maybe four days later. I don't think we were at five days later. I get this video and she's showing me the office, which I had seen, benefit of video, (laughs) I had seen beforehand. And she's showing me the office and what she's done. And she's at 90% organization because like went with like, she did small steps. She blocked scheduled. She did all the things and she showed up for herself in pride. And I was like, this, this. Because this frees you up to go snuggle that little one. This frees you up to go out to dinner and be present with somebody or take yourself for a walk or all of it. But the accountability, even though I didn't say to her, you, okay, you must get back to me in a certain period of time. Sometimes I'll do that. But I didn't in this case. And she still did it because there's probably a certain level of wanting me to be impressed with what she did. And I was, and we need that, right? Like we, we aspire to impress others. We don't, we shouldn't put our value on what they think, but mentoring up or inspiring up. Oh, it's wonderful. And accountability. And another woman that I've been working with for years, I did say to her, show me the picture of your bathroom because she wanted to clean her bathroom. And I said, okay, by tomorrow morning, show me the picture of your bathroom. And she did. And then I said, okay, how are you celebrating yourself? Because it's not about me approving about this. It's me holding this place of, I expect you to do it because you told me you were going to do it. Not because I told you you had to do it. You're a grown ass adult. You can do whatever you need to do. However, by having that accountability, it's like having a workout partner or a supervisor or something. We, I believe we do grow to our, our greater self. And then you get to experience that. How freaking awesome is that? So finishing up on this with a reward system, like there's, I'm never going to be fake with someone, but I do get really excited when somebody else feels their stuff. So if I can be part of the reward, oh, that's a reward for myself too. Now, for those of you running a business, Um, or even a household with many moving parts. Oh my goodness, if you have multiple teenagers or something like that, a task management system is wonderful because you can go in there and assign and there's all kinds of them. There's Trello, there's Monday morning or something like that. Monday it's called. Um, I like Basecamp and I'll tell you why I like Basecamp. It's free. There is a paid subscription, but I'm running my whole business 
on the free program. And it, you just do it in a smart way. You're allowed three projects. And I just made those projects umbrellas. And then there's baby projects under those umbrellas. And maybe one day I'll spring for the whole package. But just like buying multiple journals or multiple planners or trying all different types of workout apps, you will find the one that works for you. The accountability part for this is that especially with a team, if you're working with anyone other than yourself, you need to have something like this because the stuff gets lost in emails. It gets lost in the text chain, in the WhatsApp communication. Oh man, there's nothing worse than trying to do command F and find what you were talking about and not being able to find it. So the organizational system and Basecamp has a little tent. It's so cute. And they've really improved it the last, I'm not being reimbursed by them because I have their free system. Um, They've really improved it over the last couple months. I'm really impressed with it. And it allows for us to have those, they call them pings, which I love because that's what I call it when you get an intuitive hit. But to have those conversations individually, but also bring everybody in on a project. And then it has the beautiful calendar that tells me when I sit down and my brain is a little bit mushy and I'll say, okay, what's my priority? And I hit my stuff and I'm like, by date, please don't give me by project. What's next on the list Um, that, you know, we've set this up ahead of time. It gives me that. And I'm like, okay, that's what I have to work on today. And it's kind of like feeling like there's, there is some kind of control in the world. There is some kind of balance, which is my big thing. Um, so some kind of task management system where it's flexible. If I don't get something done, it'll tell me it's overdue, but I don't get mad at the system. I'm the one that set the date. So consider that. So the organizing, the, the more that you, have a good sense of your time, you actually get to create more time. It's magic. (laughs) The more um, structured you are in certain areas, and I'm not saying you have to crack a whip and be super, super, super tough on yourself. And, and if like, for instance, if the task said that I had to do um, a newsletter, but my head's just not there, I might look at another task and see what else could be done. And it might be clearing up the photos or it might be organizing the folders. So it's not about being rigid. It's about having some kind of template or structure so that you don't bounce all over the world energetically as well as emotionally. So hopefully this has helped you. This is a bit longer than normal, um, but it's something that's calling to people. And I think the more time that we've spent at home, we're realizing what are some of the stuff you've used? What are some of the stuff you just keep moving from place to place? And if you do that, if you're just moving things from place to place, that is a good indication you do not need it. So if I can help, you know where to find me, vickybear.com. And I hope to see you in the app and in the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at at Coach Vicki Baird 
And you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at vickibaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.